Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Matthew's Gospel, the second chapter, verses 13 through 23. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated and sent and killed all those in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, what a strength, what a comfort it is to begin this new year worshiping you, gathering together as the body of Christ. Lord, we thank you for this time that we have had through prayer, through song, and as we come now to this time of the message, Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation and thoughts of all of our hearts will be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Oh Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So in the Christian liturgical year, we are still celebrating Christmas. We are in those 12 days of Christmas. It's a time of festivity, a time of joy, a time of praise that Christ is born. Christ is born, the one who is Emmanuel, God with us. And perhaps you're still in the holiday mode. Perhaps you're like me, you still have your decorations up. It is New Year's Day after all. Perhaps there's still some little leftover holiday sweets hanging around your house. Perhaps you're still in that holiday routine. Maybe you have another gathering or two or something special in store for the next day or two. 
We're still in Christmas season. We're still celebrating Christmas. And yet we come to today's passage. These words from the Gospel of Matthew that the Revised Common Lectionary assigned to be read and explored for today. And these words are difficult, to say the least. The grief, the suffering, the evil that is conveyed in this passage are palpable. It's hard to sit with. It's jarring. Especially last week, we were gathering here for Christmas and singing wonderful songs like Joy to the World. And we come to today's passage, and it may feel a little out of place. It may feel too soon. I'll be honest, I even contemplated if maybe I should use another scripture first to bypass sort of what was assigned for the lectionary, something that felt a bit more, quote, appropriate for New Year's Day. But friends, as I sat with it and as I prayed with it, I realized this is an appropriate passage for today. These are words we need to read and to sit with. This is a message that speaks to us today where we are, as we are. Sometimes there can be a tendency to treat the Christmas message very similarly to the way that we treat our Christmas decorations. You know, it's a message that's sentimental, it's lovely, it's set apart. It's, it's a message that we take out of the box, we look at for a month, and then we sort of package it back in and, and put it away on the shelf for safekeeping for the rest of the year. We may really wonder what does the Christmas message mean for us for the rest of the year? What does it even have to do with our everyday lives? Is Christmas just a brief diversion from our normal routine? How does it really speak to the reality of our lives, the reality of our world? What do we really make of it? But I think today's passage reveals to us the depths of the Christmas message. I think today's passage reveals to us the depths of the truth that in the birth of Christ, we really come to know our Lord as Emmanuel, God with us. A God who is with us in the joy and in the suffering. A God who is with us in seasons of fulfillment and in seasons of longing. A God who is with us in the highest of mountaintops and in the lowest of valleys. A God of love who overcomes all evil. As we turn back to Matthew's gospel, we see quite a contrast that is painted in this second chapter of the gospel of Matthew in regards to the responses of Christ's birth. In the verses preceding today's passage, we encounter the Magi. These are powerful, wealthy, wise men who were not part of the people of Israel, but who still sought to worship and to pay homage to Christ. They exhibited humility and wisdom and a desire for righteousness. And we look at their example and, and we are inspired from them. They prompt within us a sense of hope and a sense of joy that the good news of Christ is really for all people. But immediately after we read and we contemplate this beautiful scene of the Magi worshiping the Christ child, 
we are confronted with Herod, the Roman vassal ruler of Judea. And in contrast to the humble, worshipful response of the Magi, Herod responds to the news of Christ's birth with rage and with paranoia. To him, this is not good news. This is a threat to his power. And he responds with evil and unspeakable harm. The contrast between the responses of the Magi and Herod is is chilling, it's jarring, it's deeply horrifying. This warm sentimentality that we so often associate and experience with the nativity scene is painfully replaced with the cruel injustice and evil of this world. It's hard to sit with, and perhaps what makes it even harder to sit with is that we know our world in 2023 is not that much different than first century world. Not much has changed. There are still Herods in our world. Our world is still well acquainted with tragedy, suffering, and evil. Our history books, our newspapers are filled with it. And even on an individual level, we all likely know grief and heartache and suffering. We see and experience the wounds of our broken world. As painful as it is to read and to reflect on a passage such as this, we know that this passage is reflective of the reality of our world even today. More often than not, our world resembles this scene, this passage, than it does the idyllic nativity scene. But as we read and reflect upon these difficult words, we are reminded of the world into which Jesus came. We are reminded of the true message of the incarnation of Christ's birth. The good news of Jesus Christ, the Christmas message, was not for a time when all was well with the world, nor is it a message that glosses over the reality of our world. This is a good message that very much enters into the brokenness of our world, where we are, as we are. Christ came into a world with evil and violence and suffering, and the Christmas message acknowledges that. It acknowledges and confronts our sinfulness. It acknowledges that we are a fallen world. But friends, Perhaps more importantly, the Christmas message shows that we are not just a fallen world, but we are a deeply loved world. God loves us so much, and out of love for us, chose not to ignore us in our distress and in our pain. God doesn't ignore the presence of sin and evil in this world. God sees us. God hears us. God cares for us. God knows our pain, our fear, our grief, and out of love for us, came to be with us in Jesus Christ, who is Emmanuel, God with us. The wonderful good news of the Christmas message shows us that God is not just with us in the moments when all is calm and all is bright, but God is also with us in the moments of profound loss in the moments of paralyzing fear, in the moments when we are confronted with evil 
and injustice. It is true that we continue to live in the world where there are more Herods than we can count, where we continue to exercise our free will in ways that harms others, where horrific things happen to innocent people. But the Christmas message grounds us in a more powerful truth, that in the midst of this broken world, we are not alone. Our loving God is with us and is actively working for us, for healing, for wholeness, for reconciliation, for redemption, for making all things new. There will come a time where God's kingdom will be fully realized, where every tear will be wiped away, where there will be no more pain, and there will be everlasting peace and joy. But today, because of Christ, we ground ourselves in the truth that the love of Christ is greater than sin and death, that no darkness can overcome the light of Christ. As I think about the Christmas message, I think about Paul's words that he writes in the eighth chapter of the letter to, the, to Romans. I think he expresses this truth so powerfully. He writes, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the message of Christmas that we can take with us into the new year. That is the message of Christmas we are invited to receive in our lives. That is the message of Christmas that we are called to share with one another and in the world around us. So as we begin this new year, perhaps each of us is coming today with a different perspective or a different approach to 2023. Maybe our hearts are heavy and weary from a very difficult 2022. Maybe we are apprehensive about what the new year will bring. Maybe we are eagerly anticipating a fresh start. Or maybe today is just another day and another year. We don't really know what to expect in 2023. But the one thing that we can expect is that God is with us and will be with us each and every day. So if you were someone who begins the new year with a resolution, or maybe you were someone who begins the new year with a word or a phrase of intention, or maybe even if you don't do any of those things, I invite you to consider with me for a moment, what would the year be like if we made the promise and the truth that God is with us as our focus each and every day of 2023. Our intention, our resolution, our focus is knowing and living in that powerful truth that God is with us.
And maybe it would look like beginning each of our days with just a prayer. A prayer that can be as simple as this. God, help me to be attentive to your presence today. Help me to know that you are with me. Help me to abide in your love and to share your love with everyone whom I encounter. And we take that prayer, we begin our day with something similar, and throughout the day, we take just time to reflect upon the truth that God is with us. And to be in prayer, offering that prayer in all we do throughout the day, with every decision that we have to make, with every interaction that we have with others, with every task that we have on our to-do list. That if we began each thing with the approach of knowing that God is with us. And on the days where the stress just feels so overwhelming, where the grief feels so heavy, the anxiety feels so paralyzing, we continue to say that prayer and we rest in the truth of God's love for you. A love that is with you, a love that is for you, a love that overcomes all. And as we live each day seeking to be aware of the truth that God is with us, we take each day as an opportunity to find those ways that we can seek to share that good news with others. As followers of Christ, as people who are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, how can we seek each day to share that wonderful news with others? That indeed, God is with all of us. And God's love is greater than evil. Especially in those times and those moments where we encounter hurt and grief and despair and injustice, how can we use, how can God use us to offer love and hope and to continue to point to God's presence in this world? Friends, the Christmas message is not just for a season. It's not just for idyllic circumstances. It's good news for each and every one of us, each and every day, no matter what we are experiencing. Because it's the life-giving and the life-changing truth that God is with us, that God loves us, and that nothing in creation can overcome or separate us from this love. May that be our hope and our guide, and our strength this year and in the years to come. I wish each and every one of you a happy new year, a happy 2023. But perhaps even better, it is my prayer that 2023 is truly a year where it is evident with us and for us the wonderful truth that God is present. God is with us. God is with you. May that be our prayer and our lived experience each and every day in the years to come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings.